I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast, the weekly show that helps you spark hope and creativity for your life and business. In case we've never met before, I'm the chief creative officer and a leadership coach at a company called Rayma Team. I love coffee dates and books, stiletto shoes, running, kayaking, and I just happen to be living with a disease called cystic fibrosis. I'm sharing my story as well as the stories of people from around the world to help you rise up with hope-filled action. Grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of She Who Overcomes. I really do enjoy hanging out with you guys and um, I can't wait for you to hear some of the interviews that we're going to be having in the coming weeks, but uh, I also just really enjoy those moments where I can sit back with my cup of coffee like I'm doing today and just talk to you, share with you what I've learned in life or on this road to being creative and having hope and building a company and going after those things that I believe I'm put on this earth to do. So that's what today's episode is all about. I have a question for you. Have you ever wanted to write a book? Chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably have because this is called How to Write Your First Book. Well, I started writing my first book when I was in eighth grade, I think. And it was a murder mystery book. I was big into murder mystery books. Like I always read um, Nancy Drew books. I would read all of those R.L. Stein books that were kind of like murder mystery, really creepy books or Christopher Pike books. Like those were all of my favorite books growing up. And in eighth grade, I decided to write this murder mystery book. And I got to, I think, chapter seven. And then I gave up because it was taking too long. That's why I gave up because it was taking too long and it got too hard and I kind of started to have writer's block. So I put it away and that book never saw the light of day. And it's kind of funny because um, I didn't attempt to write another fiction book for like years later, decades later, actually. So the second book that I tried writing that I, I wanted to get really serious about because I I wrote the songs to my first CD that I ever recorded back in 2001. So I thought, hey, maybe I can write a book too. And I've always wanted to, so let's do it. So I started writing that second book around 2005. And the funny thing is, I was working as a property manager and I worked 40 hours a week, you know, Monday through Friday at this job. And in all reality, the job only took 25 to 30 hours. So that left me with 10 extra hours a week to twiddle my thumbs and just sit there and hope that the phone would ring so that I would have some work to do. So I looked for work to do. I created work to do in the midst of that. And when there wasn't work to be created for my actual job, I would spend those extra moments being creative in my own head. And I started writing this second book. And it was going to be called, I think, um, I think I was going to call it The Road Less Traveled. And I don't remember what it was going to be about, but I'm sure it was going to be my life story about cystic fibrosis and all these things. And um, the truth is, I spent 
a lot of time researching for that book. And I barely wrote a chapter. Like I, I maybe had an outline. I maybe had ideas, but nothing was actually written. And what I ended up doing is I spent some time interviewing my friends from my childhood so that I could gain perspective on how they saw me, right? Like I wanted to know what other people thought of me. And um, I wasn't exactly thrilled with what I found out. Like it didn't... Um, it didn't inspire me, that's for sure. And not that it was mean, it just wasn't how I saw myself. And I certainly didn't know myself well enough back then. Like I clearly needed to dive into personal development so that I could get comfortable with my own thoughts so that I could write. Because the truth was that I was so afraid of what others would think of me that I couldn't follow through on my own writing or even coming up with a solid concept to write about. Like I was interviewing them because I wanted to know what they thought and I wanted to describe how they saw me. But that wasn't my story. That wasn't the actual story I should have been focusing on. So that book never saw the light of day either. Well, I self-published my very first actual book in 2011 It was called um, In Sickness and in Health, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Cystic Fibrosis to Total Health. It was short. I mean, it's a very short read. I think it's still available on Amazon if you wanted to look it up. Um, I will tell you that some of the things I wrote in that book, I no longer uh, believe or live my life, uh, you know, activating some of those habits. A lot of them I do, but some of them I don't. And that's that's okay. That is the point of being a writer is being able to process your thoughts and share what you're learning with the world in a way that is captivating and that that speaks to them. And knowing that down the road, even if you have grown in your perspective, that's okay. So how did I go from being afraid of what others would think in 2005 to writing my book, publishing it, and selling it in 2011? How did I do that? Number one, it took a ton of personal growth and development. A ton of personal growth and development. You guys, people come up to me all the time and they tell me they want to write a book. I've lost track of how many people tell me this. Or they say something like, um, people always tell me I should write a book because I have so much life wisdom and so many things have happened to me and I just need to share it with them. And the fact of the matter is writing a book is, is a challenge. I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard, but it's definitely a challenge. And no offense, but I typically don't believe people when they say they want to write a book one day because the reality of writing that book is way harder than the romanticized idea we have around it. And the majority of people do not have the discipline to follow through. They don't. And that statement might hurt your feelings. It probably turned some of you off and made you feel like you can't succeed, so why even try? But hear me. Because if that statement irks you, lean into it. That means there is something inside of you that needs to write that book. 
And if you're challenged by my statement, this episode is for you. The one that really, really, really does with every fiber of their being want to write a book and you're finally ready to start. You see, there's a difference between wanting to write a book someday, maybe, and already working on writing it. Those are two different things. So today's episode is going to be a raw, no BS guide to what it takes to actually write your first book. Not how to publish it, not how to market it, not how to design the cover or get people to proofread it for you or get people to publish it for you or design it, or I already said that, um, or get people excited about it. No, this is about how to write it. Because if you do all the other things, but you never actually write the content, you fail. Plain and simple. You'll be living in a fantasy only. I have, I have a friend of mine or an acquaintance that I've known for several years whose book has done really, really well. But before she ever wrote it, she came to me because I had written my book already. And she said, how do I write a book? Like, who's gonna, who am I going to get to publish it? And all these things. And I, I looked at her and I said, none of that matters if you don't write the book. Like, focus on writing the book first, and the rest will fall into place. So, I'm going to give you those tips to help you write that book, and I'm going to let you know about the, the average pitfalls that you need to be aware of so that you don't think that you're being productive when you're not. Because right now, when it comes to writing your book, the only thing that is productive is the writing. Mm-hmm. So... Let's sip our coffee together, and then I'm going to dive into some tips to help you write your first book. Okay, number one is to journal daily. I know some of you just rolled your eyes at me, but here's the thing. Writers write every day. Every day they write, and journaling is how you start. If you want to write a book about the lessons that you've learned in your life, you've got to get real with yourself and write it all in your journal first. You've got to be able to process your thoughts and you will never write a book if you can't process your own thoughts and feelings and hold space for them. You won't, plain and simple. You'll be too afraid of what other people think. You'll be too afraid of somebody finding your thoughts. They don't care. Nobody, like, nobody is looking, like, nobody's waking up that morning thinking, hmm, I wonder whose diary I could read today. That's not what we're thinking. They're thinking about themselves. So write that book, journal every day. I started journaling in 2008. Like, I've, I've always been somebody who kind of keeps a journal, but it was more like a, a record of my day, it, it like a diary, like, dear diary, here's what happened today. But it wasn't until 2008 that I actually started processing my thoughts and my feelings and my beliefs and questioning what I truly stand for and believe in and who I want to be and what I want to do and what I want to have someday. Like, that is what I started journaling in 2008. And I wrote my first book in 2011. It took that long. Like it probably took me a good two years to get comfortable with my thoughts and my writing and who I am and who I want to be. And what are the things that I've always wanted to do that I can't get away from? And what are the messages that really connect with my heart at a soul level that I, I can't escape? 
It took me two years to dive into that. And then I wrote my first book in 2011. And how I did it is tip number two. Start a blog. Start a blog. I started my first blog. It's kind of funny. I actually, I guess I actually did this all all around the same time, but I started my first blog in 2008 as well. It was a blog spot blog. Like, do you guys ever remember that? It was a blog spot blog. It's, it's still out there because I don't have the email address that it was associated with anymore. So I can't shut it down. I don't even know how to log into it. I have none of that information. It's out there somewhere and it's hilarious. It is hilarious what is out there because uh, so much of what I wrote in that blog post, like in those blog posts over that year that I had that, so much of it are things that eventually, like topics and stories that eventually became part of my first book or my second book or my third book, or even things that we talk about today at Rayma Team, but I, I was lacking the meat of it. I was lacking the wisdom from it. But how I got the wisdom from it is I started blogging. So um, I started MandyBAnderson.com in 2011. And that's where I really started testing out what I was learning about overcoming the victim mindset of growing up with a disease. And not that anybody necessarily put that on me, but I had that in me. It was just a part of my thinking that I needed to gut out so that I could uh, really get to the meat and the bones of what, what I could share with people and who I was becoming. So I started that blog. And because of that... My book, In Sickness and in Health, was released in, I think, November of 2011, maybe December. Um, actually, it might have been December. So it, it was like the end of that year where I held that book in my hand. And the majority of chapters in that book started out as blog posts. You see, starting a blog helps you put content out there that connects with your potential audience. It helps you get used to the idea of seeing your words and your thoughts in pixelated form on a screen. It gave you a chance to practice the content and get comfortable with the idea of being judged by your readers because it happens, right? Even if they're judging it as good content, they're still judging whether or not they want to read it, right? And you get to learn how to grow a thick skin through that. Because you guys, if you're going to write a book, especially one that you hope will get picked up by a publisher one day, you've got to have a thick skin. But the other thing about starting a blog is it helps you learn what your readers want to know. It helps you learn how they are processing the content that you're writing where are you maybe not connecting your message that they have a lot of questions on? Where are you connecting the message, but they want more information? As a writer, that information is invaluable. You need to be able to know that, to know how it's hitting with them so that you can grow in your skill of communicating and connecting with your writers through your words. The third tip is to read a ton of books. A ton of books. So from 2013 to 2016 or 17, I kept track of how many books per uh, month I was reading. So for like the whole year, I knew what books they were and I wrote down the titles and 
I would keep track of that. And for about three or four years in a row, it grew in the amount of numbers. And I'll be honest, I have let this one go a little bit because when you go through seasons of change and seasons of grief, sometimes the things that bring you inspiration are also the things you have a hard time picking up again. And reading is one of those things that always brings me inspiration, especially if it's nonfiction. Reading fiction can be my escape, it totally. But And I can read fiction books fast, so I, I have no problem diving into them, especially if they're my favorite fandom. But reading nonfiction books always inspire me because I get ideas and I see how they're writing and I see the way that they put together their their outline for their book or their chapter for their book or how they are putting their content together. And it just, it is probably the number one inspiration for me. And when I am burnt out or just going through a grieving season, I avoid it because I don't want to be inspired because I I know that I don't have the energy for it right now. But reading a ton of books is one of the ways to become a better writer. I think it's even Stephen King who said that. And I want to encourage you to read all kinds of books, not just fiction, but nonfiction. Read books about topics that you're not sure about. Read books about skills that you want to learn. Read books from a point of view that you maybe don't agree with. Read books about people that see things differently than you do. All of that is going to make you a better writer. And it's going to help you write that first book because you'll maybe start to see like maybe you are writing a fiction book and you're not quite sure how to set it up, but you're reading a lot of different fiction books or you're reading about somebody's life experience of writing fiction books. All of that is going to help you. It's invaluable and you've got to be willing to do that. Okay, here's the fourth tip of writing your first book. And it goes back to that whole blog idea. One of the things that you can do is to do give yourself a blog challenge. Like maybe you give yourself a 15-day blog challenge. Or if you really want to go all in, do a 30-day blog challenge on one topic that you plan on turning into a book. And each of those topics, like each day, could be a small chapter in your book. You could definitely dive deeper into the content. You could, um, you know, you could break it up into five different categories. Like you can break it up however you want to. Um, but that is a really great way to challenge yourself to write consistently every day for 30 days on one topic. And you can get your audience involved. So here's the thing. This is how this idea of a 30-day blog challenge is how my business partner, Rachel, wrote one of her books or or one of her um, coaching content that we used to do. Um, It's how I wrote my first Bible study called Unashamed, which is no longer available. But um, the funny thing about that is I actually wrote that Bible study while I was procrastinating on writing my book, She Who Overcomes. I don't recommend that, but it it did work out. I mean, Unashamed actually ended up being published first and it was a big hit. And She Who Overcomes came along way later and now is the podcast. But um, this really is a great way to get readers involved with your, your topic as well. And you could have conversations with them in the comments of your blog and you can learn how they are identifying with the content. If you even want to take it a little bit further, you could have like 
a a little book club or like a reading club or turn it into a coaching program, whatever you need to do to practice it out and and get your content out there and and do a case study with it. Like these tips are they make it so much easier for you to publish your first book, to even write your first book. And I would recommend I think every author should experience what it's like to publish your book yourself. You gain so much experience when you do that, that becomes really valuable when you start pitching your book to an actual publisher. So one of the platforms you can use for this is um, Amazon's KDP platform. It was formerly called CreateSpace, and now it's KDP. And it's a great way to brush up on your skills before you submit anything to a publisher. It's a great way to get used to the idea of, you know, having your book out there. You can publish your book as an ebook without putting forth any um, any investment in a physical book. Like that's a good idea to maybe try it out as an ebook first. I never did it that way. Um, our audience, when we had our company. Um, I mean, we still have our company, but when it was just specifically life coaching for women, our audience really wanted the physical copies. So we had the audience that wanted it that justified putting money towards printing it. Not everybody has that when they're first starting out. So starting out with an ebook is a good idea. That was That's not exactly how to write it, but that's an extra tip um, for those of you who were curious. Now, here's what I need to share with you. Because... You need to know the pitfalls to watch for. They're sneaky. They're so sneaky. So I would say one of the pitfalls is social media. Social media is a double-edged sword because you need it for marketing, for growing your platform, for growing your audience, but it can totally be a trap. You see, it's going to waste your time if you don't have good time management skills. And if you're really not careful and your confidence is still growing, it can cause you to become insecure. And pretty soon you'll be trapped in comparison because you're watching other writers and you tell yourself you're trying to learn from them, but all of a sudden you find yourself comparing yourself to them and that becomes a trap. So you have to develop a thick skin on social media and good time management habits. Because if you want to write that book and get it done, you can't do it when you're on social media all day. You can't do that posting 20 times a day on Facebook. You can't do that if you are on Pinterest all the time, pinning things. You can't do that if you're scrolling through Instagram or watching YouTube videos. Like All of these things are traps that will take up your time, precious time that you'll never get back that could have been used for writing that book. Now, here's one thing about Pinterest. Pinterest is a fun way to pin inspiration, especially if you are writing a fiction book and you want to have a private board you know, to do some character development. And so you're pinning ideas to help you figure out your characters. And that's all fun and maybe even uh, initially useful. But don't fool yourself into thinking that you're writing a book when all you're actually doing is pinning a thousand pins about your characters and you never actually write anything down. You have to put pen to paper. So I am currently uh, still writing my fiction book. It's gonna, I am dedicated to this. It's probably going to be a five-year process from start to finish because I'm not ready. 
like it's not done yet. Draft one is done. I've had some beta readers read it, and it is uh, the 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 crappy first draft that it should be. Like every first draft is not great. So I had spent months where I was pinning all of these things for my different characters that I wanted to remember like, oh yeah, this this quote reminds me of the feeling that I want to bring in for this character or this pin right here is totally how that person would think. So I pinned it, but I spent so many months doing that that I wasn't even writing. I probably did that for months before I finally sat down to write. And if that's your process and you know what you're doing, that's fine. But if you are thinking that, oh, I'm pinning all these things because I'm writing my book, but you haven't actually sat down to write your book, go write your book. Just go get it done. You're, you are fooling yourself by thinking you're being productive. So time management, okay? That is a huge one. Here's the second pitfall to watch out for. Daydreaming. Mm-hmm. I shared the story earlier about the person who was asking me about, you know, well, who do I find to publish it? How, who published yours? Who proofread it? But they didn't even have the book written yet. Most writers that I've worked with and I talk to, they get so excited about their book that they start daydreaming about what it's going to look like, who should help them with the graphics, who should help them with the publishing, how they're going to afford all that. They want to research all the information and this ends up stealing their time. If all you get from this podcast is this reminder, that's all that matters because the reminder is this. Writing the book is more important than all of the other details because until that book is written, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters until it is written. Now, if you are a writer who also has skills in graphic design and you're a visual person, it might be helpful for you to sketch something out on Canva real quick because you can do it quickly and that helps keep you inspired. But don't get stuck there. Like do it once, get it done, keep it in front of you like a visual vision board type of thing, but stop redesigning it and rethinking it and daydreaming about it. Put it down. Go write the book. Write your content. Okay, the last thing that can really trip you up is this. Not scheduling writing days. Mm -hmm. Goes back to time management, and this is where most people miss it. They don't schedule their writing days. Or they do, but then they don't guard them. You've got to carve out time to write. And honestly, if you carve out one hour a day to write, that will get you further than having good intentions of carving out full eight-hour days to write. If you've never written for eight hours before, I, I hate to break it to you, but I'm gonna. That's gonna be really challenging and you're probably gonna hate it because it sucks. It does. Spending all day, eight hours a day writing your content, especially when this is a new skill that you're working on, you're going to get lonely. You're going to feel frustrated. You're, you're going to have buggy eyes by the end of the day. That's, if that's not working for you, it's okay. Split up your days and manage your time that way. When I got serious about this and I wanted to write more books and I realized I had more ideas and more books in me to share with the world, I went and got some training. And one of the... Uh, 
one of the conferences that I highly recommend that you look into, if you're a woman, um, there is a conference called She Speaks. It's by Lisa Turkhurst from Proverbs 31 Ministries, and they do a phenomenal job of teaching you all of these things you need to know to be a, a successful and confident writer and speaker. And one of the tips I learned from them is about scheduling your writing time. I have heard so many authors say, you need to schedule that time and you need to guard it, which means, what does it mean if you don't guard your time? It means, okay, in order to guard your writing days, that means you don't take coffee dates, you don't take phone calls. You treat that writing time like a meeting with your boss. You treat it with the respect it deserves. Another tool, another resource you can listen to that I love listening to is by Stephen Pressfield. There's actually, I say listen to because I listen to his audiobook, Do the Work. That's a great one. Another book to read of his or listen to is um, The War of Art. Both of those books or audiobooks are necessary, especially if you're a first-time writer. You're going to need it. Okay. That is, those are, I guess those are just some of my like, like tiptoe into writing your first book tips. So if you need help with this beyond the resources that I shared with you, um, you can reach out to myself or Rachel at raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. We would be happy to coach you privately or to help you um, in our group coaching program, Virtually Savvy. It's a membership where every month we work on these type of skills that help you be a better communicator, a better, um, you know, write your blog, start your blog, uh, you know, work on your speaking skills, your writing skills, all of that. You can even get some help in our courses and an easy course to start with if you need to get into the habit of journaling and processing your own emotions and thoughts and getting comfortable with that and diving deep into your experiences and what you might discover that you could share as an author, um, a course to get is my new ebook and guided journal with coaching videos. And it's called How I Wish It Would Have Gone. It's $9.97, you guys, right now. I can't guarantee it's always going to be that. So if you're listening to this years in the future and it's higher, then you missed out, but you could still get it. Um, so I would highly recommend that tool because it's going to help you get comfortable processing, processing your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts and your inner conflict. Because our inner conflict steals our creativity and it, it changes the tone of our writing. When we have inner conflict, it can make or break the tone of our writing in ways that are good or bad. So I would highly recommend getting that and listening to this episode again and again if you found it helpful at all, because I tell you some truth in here. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you. Writing a book is amazing, but it is not a cakewalk. And if you feel like that message inside of you needs to be shared, then you owe it to yourself and to the people that will hear your message to get serious about writing it. All right, that's it. That's today's episode. <laughs> I will see you next week with a brand new topic, possibly a brand new guest. And until then, be blessed, be healthy, and be inspired. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, thanks again for listening. I'd love to hear the takeaways that you got on today's episode. So let's hang out on social media. My favorite place to be is on Instagram. And you can find me at She Who Overcomes Podcast. And I'd be so grateful if you left a review before you go as well. You just might hear your name and your takeaway at the beginning of an upcoming episode. Oh yeah. And if you're ready to work through your own inner conflict and spark hope again, my new ebook and coaching video called How I Wish It Would Have Gone is available for only $9.97 at raymateam.com. You can get it today. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M dot C-O-M, raymateam.com. All right, my coffee is cold, so I gotta go. See you next week.